listening to Female VC Lab, a podcast that showcases the journeys of female investors. My name is Barbara Bickham, and I am an award-winning CTO and VC that teaches companies and investors about emerging technology. I am sitting down with female VCs and investors to talk about their funds, how they invest, and how they make an impact. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning. In one line, can you give me your name, your title, and the name of your fund? Sure. I'm Lisa Saluda. I'm the general partner of R3I Ventures. Wonderful. So what inspired you to become a, a venture capitalist or an investor? That's a good question, Barbara. I am a serial entrepreneur, three exits, and I have raised about 40 million bucks in my life. And there are better ways sometimes to raise money. And most importantly, it's having the right person on the other side of the table. Mm. And I'm sitting in Singapore and there's a lot of vulture behaviors in this ecosystem. And I just wanted a safe pathway for my companies to be able to get capitalized, that we knew who was at the table, that we had smart money at the table, that we were able to bring more smart money to the table. And we were able to help them get there faster, connect to capital, connect to market, and of course, get the exit. So that's how I got here. Wonderful. Wow. That's great. So what is your investment thesis and what is the motivation behind your thesis? Yeah, great question. So I live in a smart city, right? Here I am in Singapore Mm -hmm. and I'm actively involved as an adjunct professor in other smart cities all over the world. And I see the opportunity for putting more smart compute on the edge. I see the opportunity for putting ambient quantum compute on the edge. I see the opportunities for IoT devices that are literally running the fabric of our smart cities. Mm -hmm. And most importantly, in this crisis, we've seen healthcare move out of the vertical and into the horizontal. So already in a smart city, we were thinking about safety, security, and surveillance. Safety, security, and surveillance now includes healthcare. Mm -hmm. And so medtech is a core component. And one of the motivations behind this is, of course, we want to drive out performance. But most importantly, I came from responsible investment. In 2011, I joined Risk, an ESG firm, who basically at the time was feeding data to the markets that I felt could be improved. And they got tired of me beating them up at the board and said, if you think you can improve it, you come and join us. And so I joined them in 2011 to help create new ESG indices. And when I came down here in 2013 to Asia, I was looking around and we lived the dot-com boom bust. We saw the Enron-esque characteristics. And here I was sitting in Asia and I looked around and there was tons of companies that continued to have Enron-esque characteristics, aggressive accounting, you name it. And I thought we could do it better. So then I joined the guys at GMI Ratings, and we decided to create some new models, not only models that would provide better risk data to the markets, but also would drive alpha on the E and the S in portfolio, not just the G. Mm. Uh, So that really inspired me. We got the exit, of course, to MSCI. 
And after that, I moved out back into the ecosystem as one entrepreneur looking for my next gig. And I saw so many fantastic founders lost in this missing middle. And in the missing middle, we've got all of these deep technologies, right? It takes years and years of R&D, massive information asymmetries. We have a huge desire, of course, to utilize these technologies when they're hardened, cooked in a tech readiness level nine. But that tech readiness level five dirty demo in a lab to harden technology is really missing a significant amount of funding and especially if you treat revenue. So we're really focused on taking fantastic deep technologies out of the labs, supporting scientists through that tech transfer process, Mm -hmm. shaping that technology, and then helping connect them to capital, connect them to market in order to get the rapid scale and exit. Very cool. So what are you currently learning or listening to or reading these days? Yeah, that's a great question. There's two people who I really love. One in particular is a communications expert out of, I think he's out of London. Mm-hmm. And I met him at a TBLI conference and his name's Jacob. And Jacob had this idea that maybe when we think about capitalism, we just have to think a different thought. And I'll share a great video that you can play at the end of this podcast because I just, I think it's fantastic. And sure. maybe just to sum up, what the essence of this video is. In the financial markets, we've always thought about performance and we've thought about performance primarily on the old Milton Friedman capitalism terms. It's about driving better value for the shareholder. Yes. And I am a really big fan of Mr. Freeman who says it's actually more about stakeholders. It's not just about shareholders. Correct. And If we take that concept to think a new thought, and particularly in this moment, right, this is the first time in history where the whole world has had to come together at the same time to stop, to think, to reflect, and to have an opportunity to forget, because humans never forget, and to reinvent. Reimagine. We've had an opportunity to reimagine how we want it to be. Exactly. And Jacob paints this beautiful story for all of us to think about capitalism in a new way and in Mm -hmm. particular to think about it in the context of humanity and to think about it in the context of compassion and to think Mm -hmm. about it in the context of sustainability. And one of the challenges that we always face, especially in early stage venture, is do we really grasp that the world that we live in is really a byproduct of who we decide that we are. Because if you think about what we invent, these technologies, they define humanity. They define the way we live, the way we work, the way we... Absolutely, 100%. And you're in a smart city, so that, and I'm very familiar with that area as well, because I was doing a lot of smart city work over the last couple of years myself. So we absolutely were having the conversations about how is this going to reshape humanity? What does privacy mean now? What does security mean now? Like you said, what is sustainability? What is that really? How are you making money? Correct. Yeah, there's many aspects to it. And this notion that we've had stuck in our heads for so long that the invisible hand of capitalism had to be a selfish hand, a hand without sympathy, and that it simply wouldn't work in any other way. And, And Jacob argues, what if we're wrong? 
Like, what if that's true? And what if it's never been true? How can we together as capitalists think about business? Because if people say that our purpose in business, take the Milton Friedman scenario, is to make money, mm-hmm. it's not actually. A business's purpose is to fill a need for the market, to, th- to get yeah, them it's, to it's thrive. To pro- it's to solve a problem. It's to it's solve really a problem. Purpose. Correct. And, and that's what the invisible hand actually is, is that cause and effect of aligning our self-interest with the common good that you get to benefit because you've given value to others. And I think now you see all these pitch decks around town. Everyone is demanding impact, but nobody knows yes, but how what to is do that, it. What does that really mean? So the right. thing that's unique, we, we had a little conversation, Lisa and I, before we got yeah. started, but the one thing that makes our accelerator unique, we have two things we do. We package companies, yeah. make yeah. them fundable, but the other half that we do is we have them create a sustainability plan. And yeah, so perfect. we are very much into the ESG and we want the companies to be sustainable because we see that doing good only helps your bottom line in the long run. This isn't a, it's not a short term thing. It's a longer term thing. And we help the companies think about that moving forward because yeah. the consumers if you think about the youth, the the consumers are very mindful of that. So if you're not actually implementing those things, you may not have customers. Yes, correct. And this is the point, is if we truly want to deliver outperformance, sustainable outperformance, we Mm -hmm. have to deliver impact. We have to benefit others. And and that really is a a key crux behind it. We have a signatory to the Billion Dollar Fund for Women, now called Mm -hmm. Beyond Billion. Mm -hmm. Together, we've supported them uh, in their efforts to raise $2 billion to capitalize women. We actively screen women in portfolio, but we've always done that. We were... We were the early um, developers in GMI with Calpers and Calsters of the direct, oh, wow. di- the diverse directors data source. And when we moved down here to Singapore, we created what's called diversity directory with a view that we would put more women on boards, right? Because yes. for an age, the, the, the numbers are really bad. Uh, mm. And unfortunately, they're not getting any better. We really, we've been doing this for more than a decade. We believe that it's the only way to do business. And our families that back us share our vision and also our goals. And that's important as well. You have to have that alignment. Yeah, and it's true. Yep. This is the worst time in seven years to raise a fund, right? Um, <laughs> it is, it, it's not the easiest. If you think about it, it's tough, but it's always tough. It's, it's always tough raising money. It, it could be now. It could have been in the dot-com boom. It could have been in 2008. It could have, there are many times, clearly not like this time, but there yeah. are other times where it was tough. Raising money is tough to do. Yeah. But having that alignment in those relationships and that alignment and that same kind of thinking just helps and makes it easier because then you have a common thing that you are moving towards. And that, yes, you know, correct. And just like a company, a fund, same thing. You have a common thing you're moving towards. So we always say the reason why families work with us is for three reasons. The first mm-hmm. reason is because we fundamentally deliver our performance, but most importantly, while doing it, we deliver impact. That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. The second reason why they work with us is because many of our families need to digitally transform their existing businesses. And as an adjunct faculty mm-hmm. member of the universities here, I have the great privilege to train the civil service colleges of the Singapore government, the Singapore Institute of Directors, the EMBAs and executive education on Mm -hmm. masters versus robots. What do we automate 
And what do we leave for the humans? And how do we use that to drive GDP growth in a time of great immobility and friction-free economies? And so this is a, a beautiful foundation for us to work with our families who've largely had traditional businesses, but those businesses are in the mature or end age of their game and yeah. really need to digitally transform. And then the yes. third reason, if you remember, little Johnny, when he grew up of the family, would say, mom and dad, I want to be a VC. Can I have five million bucks? Right. And mom and dad would say, sure, Johnny, take my five million. And Why not? Come back Here and- you go. Yeah, tell me when you give me some performance. And little Johnny comes back and says, Mommy, I burned all the money. Can I have five million more? And she says, No, you go down to that VC down the road. I'm going to give him my money and he's going to teach you how to do it. And then next time you won't have to come and ask me for more money. And they tried that and it didn't work. The VC Mm -hmm. didn't teach little Johnny. They took the money for 10 years and then they didn't deliver the outperformance. So we've put together a fellowship program to train Mm -hmm. the next generations of our families how to deep tech invest with us. And our fund that we launch in Q1 of 2021 is a parallel investment fund. Mm -hmm. Let me give you an example. We've got a beautiful deal. It's a last mile fulfillment robotics deal. And it's a $30 million slice that's been sliced out just for us because we're not just a dumb check. We actually lead the investments and then we build it. We are venture builders, right? Serial Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs. We're here to grow that company. And so normally in an early stage venture fund, you would probably deliver two, two and a half million to a company. We actually deliver two, two and a half million in the club. But then the family, because it's a strategic investment for that 3PL supply chain family, they right. then put in the other $27.5 million and mm-hmm. they use that investment to transform their existing legacy company. And this is super exciting that we can be a part of their next generation's yeah. journey. That's great. That's great. So if we're sitting here in another two years, yeah. how have you said, which we, we probably will, I'll come back to everyone. How, have, how will you have seen venture and or investing evolve in the next couple of years? Number one, more women at the table, right? That's the most important purpose. That should be number one, absolutely. (laughs) Look, I think venture, I will see more families direct investing. Okay. A lot of families have not seen the performance or didn't really invest in early stage venture because real estate was the thing and that was going to give you guaranteed return. Hedge funds was another one. Not so yeah, hedge funds in one of my families is getting 48% annual growth just mm-hmm. from the hedge funds. So it's yeah, hard I mean, to walk hedge, away from that kind of performance. Hedge funds was very good for families. I know that. Mm-hmm. Correct. And I think we're seeing families want to diversify. This is a time mm-hmm. of great volatility. So they want to go long uh, and they want okay. to diversify those assets. And so I think that we'll see more money pumped into early stage venture. We'll see definitely more money pumped into deep tech. And most Mm, importantly, I think we'll see more corporate venture funds, right? Because corporates have had to reinvent themselves. Last year, there were more than 300 new corporate venture funds. And these guys are just learning, right? It's the beginning for them. Yeah. Correct. Mm -hmm. And this is a great opportunity to marry corporate venture funds with early stage venture funds where we can help them expand their deal flow. We -hmm. can help them to fill out that product roadmap faster than they'd be able to do it themselves. Correct. Correct. And most importantly, that we're doing all the heavy lifting. We're doing all that deep due diligence. Well, we've done all the due diligence. We got the packages for them. They're ready exactly. to go. Exactly. We've done all the homework. Correct. Yeah. So that's what I see. And I also see on the sell side, because mm-hmm. I, I do think we're not going to fund everybody. 
can't. And there's such a pressure on management fees. So I'm building an evergreen fund, Barbara, and we're probably oh, one wow. of 5% of VC firms in the world that runs an evergreen. Hmm. And we're doing that because it better aligns with families in deep tech because eight years in, we're just starting to deliver the cash. So why do we want to get out just as the cash starts pouring in? Right. We want to stay in. You want and to so, stay back. Mm-hmm. Correct. So having an evergreen fund doesn't force those exits. It realigns incentives. And I think we'll see more evergreen funds. Okay, that's interesting. Wow, wow. So how do people contact you, Lisa? Sure, you can reach out to me, Lisa, L-W-S-A, at r3iventures.com. Happy to talk. Awesome. Thank you, Lisa, from R3i Capital, for being a guest on the Female VC Lab podcast. Thanks for having me. Really great to meet you. Yes. This episode is brought to you by Trail and Ventures. Find and invest in the next billion dollar emerging tech company. Sign up for our exclusive content at https colon slash slash to find out more. Find us on Apple on Spotify, and on Google Podcasts. Thank you for listening.